Hey, this is Andrew DiMazio, lead pastor of Rose Church here in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to our podcast. Our mission here at Rose is building big people, becoming like Jesus in community while growing in our faith. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I pray today's message challenges you and encourages you on your walk with Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy today's podcast. We're going we're gonna to jump into the Word, and uh, I have a lot, a lot, a lot I want to say today, so we're just going to get going. Uh, once again, if you were here last week, we started, um, I don't know, maybe one of the most important series we've started in some time um, called Breaking the Cycle, Breaking the Cycle, and I do not have the time to re, re, uh, re, re go through all the 44 slides we did last week and all the stuff that we did, so if you missed it, go on YouTube, watch, catch up with us, but today we're going to jump back into this series called Breaking the Cycle. Um, and once again, as I said last week, there's certain series that I'm preaching and, and giving faith. Other series I'm pastoring the church through. Um, this series I'm specifically teaching a lot. So let's let's get our brains ready. Let's get our hearts ready. Uh, let's lean in because um, I, I believe today's gonna be special, really, really special day. So um, today, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Last week we talked about breaking this cycle. There are cycles we need to break. So how do we do that? We renew our mind. We break cycles by renewing our mind. Okay, how do I renew my mind? Here we go. 2 Corinthians 10, 36 says this in the end of it. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to do what? Destroy strongholds. We destroy, so what do we destroy? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion or everything or every pretension that lifts themselves up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Today, I wanna talk around this subject, another statement. Last week was breaking the cycle. Today, I wanna declare prison break. Prison break. Prison break. Father, I pray right now as we jump into this word, as we talk about a lot of things today, unpack quite a bit, God, would your spirit be here? Father, I know, Holy Spirit, I know that I'm not the only preacher in this room, that you are the ultimate preacher. Would you speak to every heart and every mind? We're both teams tied today because none of us care. In your mighty name. Everyone said? There's a lot of things about my job that I, I don't love, that I'm not really a fan of, being like all the business side, like taxes and, and, and you know, building stuff and, you know, HR and healthcare, whatever. There's all the stuff that I really don't enjoy doing. One aspect, the main aspect of my job that I love doing is pastoring. I'm not a communicator. I'm not a TED Talk sharer. I'm not a public speaker. I am a shepherd. I am a pastor. That is who I am through and through. There's other things that I am not, um, and, you know, biblically, like there's, Apostles and other things. Like, I'm, I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. I, and I love, to this day, still meeting with people. People texting me, calling me, getting on the phone, FaceTiming, praying, whatever it might be. And out of the last, I don't know, 17 years that I've been in full-time ministry, um, one phrase, it doesn't matter how old, how young, race, background, demographic, wealth, poor, do, do, does not matter. One phrase I've heard so consistently for 17 straight years, no matter the situation, big, small, does not matter, is this phrase. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I got here. Just woke up, and after 17 years of marriage, it's over. I don't, 
remember like being this addicted. I don't remember going this far off the path. Like that phrase has been repeated hundreds and hundreds of times at this point to me, whether it's in my car, in a home, a FaceTime, in my office, restaurant, it doesn't matter. How did I get here? Why? Because humans are prone to drifting. We're prone to drifting, just drifting away. On the other end, I've never met someone. I've never had coffee or lunch with someone being like, bro, I don't know how, but we woke up to the marriage we prayed for. What's weird about drifting is we always drift away, never to. I've never met anyone that woke up one day and was like, I know how I got here. Look it. It's always, I know how I got here. Look it. I've never met someone that drifted to purpose. I've never met someone that drifted to destiny. Drifting always leads to drifting away. Drifting away. Why? Um, Because there's things in our life that we do and that we say that we just wake up to. Man, I just woke up one day, and this is where my life is at. We have an amazing staff with people of a lot of different giftings. One of them, Austin, who leads all of our production team and everything, used to be a full-time carpenter, like a legit professional carpenter. So I had him build me a fortress. Or I had him build me a stronghold. A stronghold. I was going to have him like build it really big, but then it would like take up the whole stage, and then the worship team would have to like sing behind a stronghold. So <laughs> I don't know if that's theologically good. So, so this is this is this is our stronghold, and this is what this is what <clears throat> I was thinking about last night, and this idea that like people just drift. I'm like nobody ever just like wakes up, like they drift. They just like notice one day that they got that far down the road. The same with a stronghold. I've never met anyone that purposely built a stronghold. I've never met anyone that woke up one morning, we got coffee, like, Pastor, you know what I'm praying about today? Being an alcoholic. I'm gonna build a stronghold. I've never had lunch with somebody. They're like, you know what I'm gonna do? Destroy our marriage today. Here's three decisions I'm gonna do the next six months to make my wife leave. I've never met someone that vocally has said, I'm gonna start building a stronghold. But what happens? People wake up six months or six years down the road and then they realize I'm in a stronghold. This is what I want you to hear. Strongholds are built thought by thought. You don't wake up to a stronghold. You build a stronghold. And it happens thought by thought. I will never get beyond this. I will never be anything other than what I am right now. Every thought. Marriage isn't worth it. I should find a new one. She was so different five years ago. I don't know who I'm married to anymore. Dude, it's just, I like, I'm not an alcoholic. I just like to drink, so sue me. Like, I enjoy fun. I enjoy alcohol. I'm not an alcoholic. I just enjoy being out. I'm not a player. I just like options. I don't want to settle down. I will never cheat on my marriage. I'm allowed to have girls that are my friends that aren't friends with my wife. <clears throat> money, money means nothing to me. It's no hold whatsoever. But if God ever asks for it, I'm leaving. Church is not that important. Like, it's important if I, I'm not doing well. But, like, when I'm doing well, like, I don't really need church that much. And I can keep going down the list and 
say more jarring things. <laughs> and this is the thing. One day, you wake up and you're like, when did I get here? No one chooses a stronghold, but you will wake up in one. And what, how are these things built? How do you wake up in a stronghold? Thought by thought. Day by day. Week by week. And you wake up in a stronghold. Now, some of you are like, what is a stronghold? Great question. This is my definition. I wrote this. I think it's good. After my linguistic study of Greek and Hebrew and language and every, every aspect of what this word could mean, this is what I think the Bible means when it says, tear down every stronghold. I want you to hear every word. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a well-defended lie. It is a well-defended lie that holds you captive while thinking you're free. I told you it was pretty good. <laughs> How do I know I'm in a stronghold? I have a well-defended lie. And this is what you start saying. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I think this way because it's protecting me from being hurt again. I'm so glad I think like this because I'll never, ever have someone treat me like that again. And you think you're in safety, but you're in captivity. You think this well-defended lie that you're living in is actually keeping you safe from the pain. No, it's keeping you from life. And what is a stronghold? It's a well-defended lie that has convinced you you're living in freedom. You're safe. You're protected while you live in captivity. Did you know the word stronghold also in Greek? It could be translated prison. It says, we tear down every prison. Prison. So some of you are like, I might have a stronghold. Do you feel enslaved? Do you feel like you're captured? Do you feel like you have to obey that thought even when you don't want to? Do you feel like you have to follow that desire even when you tell yourself you won't do it again? What you are in is a stronghold. You are in a well-defended lie that makes you feel free while you're enslaved. In other words, you could be in a prison. A stronghold can be translated prison, and every town would have them. It's where they would take people after war. It's where you would take prisoners of war and put them in a stronghold. No prisoner of war would look at a stronghold and say, look how safe I am. They would only say, look how Captured I am. So I got good news. Like, okay, like, I, I think I'm in a stronghold. This is, by the way, not the time to, like, nudge your spouse and be like, you're my stronghold. Okay, this is not. <laughs> keep, keep elbows to yourself, okay? Keep the little, little nudges. So, so, but for real, some of you are like, I might, I might be in a stronghold. There might be something controlling my mind and thoughts. I got, got good news for you. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, this is what Jesus says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news of the poor and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind and set liberty to those who are impressed. 
So I got good news for you. If you're, if you're a captive today, we have one who can set you free. So good news today. If you find yourself in a stronghold, he has come to set the captives free. Good news. But I want to unpack today, really practically, we're going to build upon every line of 2 Corinthians 10, that we're going to land somewhere. How do I break out of a stronghold? How do I get out? How do I break free? Five things, really easy. Follow with me. Are we okay so far? How do I break free from a stronghold? Number one, name it. Name it. Because Jesus can't heal something you refuse to have. So even right now, I'm playing mental chess with half of you. Like, what stronghold? What are you talking about? I hope she pays attention right now. I mean, I wish my sister was here for this. I really wish my spouse, like, no, no, no. It's impossible for you to be freed from something you don't think you're captured by. The first step out of free, into freedom, out of captivity, out of the stronghold, is naming you're in one. And for some of us, that's half the battle, to admit we have one. To admit we are stuck in one. Jesus says uh, in the book of Luke, it's so interesting, he's at dinner with a bunch of people, and all these Pharisees are like, why does he eat with those people? Disgusting. All the scum he eats with. And then Jesus says his back. I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. He's not making an ontological statement of there are sick people and healthy people. He's making, I only have come for those who admit they're sick. He's not making categories. There are healthy people and there are sick people and I came for these people. What he's saying is, if you don't think you need me, you won't want me. If you don't think you're sick, why would you need a healer? If you don't think you're captive, why would you need to be free? So the very first step that we need to take today is admitting you're in one and naming what it is. And this is the thing about <clears throat> strongholds is this is going to take some time to build down, right? There's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of things. I'm going to have to do this. But this is the thing. If you would catch the stronghold in seed form, this is so much easier and not as long and not as painful and not as many issues of breaking down a full-blown stronghold because a seed is always, the, always easier to pick up than cutting down a forest. Cutting down a forest always takes longer more time and more effort than just picking up a seed. So some of you are like, I'm not in a stronghold, but if you let that pattern persist, if you let that habit get a hold of you, if you let that accident become discipline, if you let that, that was only one time become every night, and you don't catch it early, now we're in a stronghold. Now we're in years and pain and cutting down and difficulty. So I want to ask you today, what even right now, if you don't get control of, could become a stronghold? You can catch it when you're just now building it. Before you get stuck in it, you can start noticing like, oh, I don't want that to get worse. I don't want that to get better. I don't want that to have a hold on me. And this is where silence and solitude comes in. That you actually take time to think, pray, be in silence, 
And this is why some of you in this room and all the overflow rooms hate silence because it's the first time you ever hear your soul speak. That's why you have to go to bed with music. You have to go to bed with TV on. You don't want to be alone. It's always like, what are you guys doing? What are the girls doing? Let's go out. I mean, like you, you can't even sit in your apartment alone because you know when everything quiets down, your soul starts going, help. You're like, I'd rather not. So let's just keep going. It's really hard to name something when you can't even have self-assessment, which is what the world calls it. The Bible calls it silence and solitude. And you calm yourself. You like, what have I been thinking about? Wow, I've been having that thought for like weeks now. Because we never think about what we think about. It's like, what am I even pondering about, thinking about? Where am I? How do I feel? How's work? How's my marriage? How's like, what is? And then you start noticing, oh my God, I don't want that to have any space. So the first step in is you name it. You identify it. Second step is you tell your community. 2 Corinthians 10, look at this, 2 Corinthians 10. I want you to see all the plural words. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish strongholds, every prevention that sets them up. We take every thought captive, and we will be ready. It is not an I. And I will defeat this stronghold. And I will grab my bootstraps, and I will lift up my marriage. It's we, 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 we. The world is I, I, I can do this. No, you can't. I will take care of this. You won't. Because if you could do it, you'd already already done it. If you could have already done it within your own strength, you'd have already done it. It is a we do this. We fight. We demolish. We tear down. Okay, I name it. I can name it right now. I've, I've done counseling. I'll name it right now. Have you told anyone else? Because you can name it to yourself and even tell Jesus and still be in bondage. And then you start thinking God's not real. His power is not real. I mean, stuck here forever. God's not good. And you are in the middle of a stronghold because you don't want to tell anyone else and invite anyone else into your stronghold. You name it and you tell your community. Look at James. James 5.16, I believe. 5.17. Yeah, 5.16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Confess your sins. You know what? This is not confession. If I call you, I'm like, hey, bro, like, are you watching porn again? Like, how are we doing? You're like, yes, I am. You are confirming you are not confessing. You are confirming my question. You are not confessing your sin. Confession in its original language and term is to tell on yourself. It's not when I call you and ask, I saw you do this, did you do it? You're "Yeah." You're just confirming what I already know. Confession is when you, as a grown adult, pick up the phone and say, hey, I would like to confess my sins to you so that I could be judged. No. 
so that I can feel better than those who sin differently than me. Nope. That I may be healed. Have you ever considered you are one confession away from the healing you can only ever dream of? This, this verse is having a very hard time living out in the American church because we love feeling better than other people. After an altar call, you're like on your way home with your spouse, like, did you hear what they're going through? Man, I'm so thankful we don't have those kind of issues. Did you hear what their daughter's dealing with? I'm so thankful our kids love the Lord. Have you heard about his business? I'm so thankful I'm wiser with my LinkedIn. I'm wiser with my... And you can walk out of this room having someone confess to you and their, conf- their confession did not bring healing, it brought arrogance. Wow. Oh, God must be doing a real work in that. No. We confess so that we may find healing to one another. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back to the right path. If you think my preaching is strong, just read the rest of this verse. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone else, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. (laughs) This is your Bible. You think you're too important to help other people. You're not that important. And by the way, that word in the Greek, overcome by sin, is literally the same language when a joint gets popped out. Something gets disjointed. If I, if I came up to you, like, I, I've played a lot of sports, I'd, I have my fingers popped out, pop my shoulder out. Like, if I came up to you with like a dislocated shoulder, I'm like, can you please help? And you're like, yeah, I got you. I'm like, ow! Gently, please. Gently, please. That's the same language. When another believer, their life pops out of joint. Because that's what sin does. It pops your life out of joint. When I come to you with my dislocated marriage, please be gentle. And humble. So that you don't fall into the same temptation. What's weird about judgment is it's kind of like a boomerang. You become who you hate. You will become who you constantly judge. So I, in my stronghold, I name it. I get with my community. I confess it. Why? Because, hear me, you are only as sick as your secrets. Are we okay? You're, how sick are you? How many secrets do you have? You're only as sick as your secrets. We name, how do we get out of stronghold? We name it. Number two, we confess it. Number three, we demolish it. Demolish it. Listen to me. As your pastor, as somebody with biblical degrees, and we'll get more, and study Greek, like as, as your spiritual leader, hear me, you do not pray strongholds away. You destroy them. So you don't come to an altar, like, can you, I have a stronghold, I named it, I told somebody, can you just pray that it falls down? 
Strongholds don't fall down. They are taken down. Strongholds don't fall over. They are demolished. They are taken down. Hear me, you did not wake up in bondage. You chose it every day. On the opposite, you won't wake up in freedom. You won't wake up one day being like, oh my God, our marriage, everything I wanted, here it is. You won't wake up one day, oh my God, addiction gone. It's good, it's gone. You don't wake up in bondage the same way you don't wake up in freedom. You got in bondage thought by thought. So you will get out thought by thought. The Greek word for stronghold, or sorry, to demolish, is literally the Greek word to disassemble piece by piece. I have a two-year-old. He's psychotic. And he'll, he'll set up, like, huge things of, like, toys and whatever. And he, like, goes, oh, and he, like, just smacks it. He loves, like, destroying it. That's what we want God to do. God, here it is. And then one Sunday, got it. That's not the word demolish. Don't let the English language rob you of what God means. He goes, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to demolish it. How? Piece by piece. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like it's going to take more than one pursuit. That sounds like I actually have to like go to Connect Group more than once. Like, how long is this going to take? You think it took you 10 years to get in that state of your marriage and one counseling session you're going to be out? It took you 10 years to build this fortress of addiction? You think one prayer moment is just going to like pop you right out? We, how do we do this? When we are in the middle of a stronghold that we feel stuck in, we can't get out, we start praying, we start hearing sermons like this, we go to pursue, right, God, demolish it. He's like, okay, great. Let's start taking one thought at a time. And let's take that thought and let's demolish it. We'll talk again. We'll take that thought. We're going to demolish that thought. And then Sunday by Sunday, week by week, prayer time by prayer time, Bible reading by Bible reading, within time, you start realizing, oh, I'm demolishing I'm disassembling peace by peace. Strongholds are not prayed away. They're destroyed. And some of you maybe are like very spiritually upset at God. Like, I've been praying for this forever. God's like, destroy it. Take it down. Demolish it. Why just, can't you just do it? Can't you just like real quick just... Peace by peace. We name it, we confess it, and then we demolish it. Why? Because look at what J.I. Packer says. He says, God's method of sanctification is neither activism, self-reliant activity, nor apathy, God-reliant passivity, but God-dependent effort. Our sins, hear this, though dethroned, are not yet destroyed. They constantly distract us from doing God's will and allure us into the paths that lead to death. When you get saved, immediately sin is dethroned. Jesus is now your king, not your sin. 
the minute you get saved, immediately in a moment, sin is dethroned. But now you have to destroy the dethroned thing. And you will spend the rest of your life as a human on this earth destroying the dethroned sin. So how do I get out of this stronghold? How do I get free? Name it, confess it, and demolish it. There's this amazing book. I want to set it up before I read this quote because it's kind of different. It's by C.S. Lewis. It's called The Screwtape Letters. I think it's his most brilliant book, more than mere Christianity. I think it's one of his most brilliant books because it's, it's, a, it's, a not, it's a satire book about the devil. His name is Screwtape. And about his nephew, his name is Wormwood. And his entire book is from their perspective, biblical perspective, on if he was the devil, how would he destroy Christians? In the book, Screwtape is the devil. Wormwood is his little nephew, little like servant demon. In the whole book, we're called the patient, and God is called the enemy, okay? This is what, this is what he says. They're, they're, it's like 27 letters. They, they write letters back and forth. And he says this. Wormwood writes to Screwtape. He says, dear Screwtape, um, my patient has converted to the enemy. My patient, the guy I was trying to destroy, has now been converted to Christianity, right? My patient has converted to the enemy. Screwtape writes back. <clears throat> I want you to hear this. My dear Wormwood, I know with grave displeasure that your patient has become a Christian. Do not indulge in the hope that you will escape the usual penalties. Indeed, in your better moments, I trust you would hardly even wish to do so. In the meantime, we must make the best of our situation. Now look at this sentence. Hey, there's no need for despair. Hundreds of these adults convert have been reclaimed after a brief sojourn in the enemy's camp and are now back with us. If I could hold your face, listen to this sentence. Don't worry. All of the habits of the patient, both mental and bodily, are still in our favor. So he's telling the devil, hey, don't worry about it. They converted. Who cares? All their habits are still in our favor. Who cares if you convert if all of your habits stay the same? Who cares if you convert if you think the same way? So we've got like been lied to in this America. I converted to what? And to who? Because your conversion is when your habits start changing. Because what use is it for you to convert to God's side and still act like the devil? What use is that? He goes, he goes, oh, don't worry about it. Their habits are still in our favor. And they'll be, and the rest of the paragraph goes, they'll be back soon. Because he goes, their habits always lead them home. <laughs> I name it. I confess it. I demolish it. Okay, so how do we demolish them? I'm just breaking this down. How do we demolish it? We take every thought captive. If you're super passive, I'm sorry, but like, do you see how much war language is in this? We wage war. We take captives. We have weapons of our enemy. Like, this is a aggressive, like, we're in war. Oh, but we just don't do it the world's way. We do it our way. They have their weapons. We have ours. And but how, do we, how do we do this? We take every thought captive. We don't take ca thoughts captive. We let them run their course all day. Have you ever like been in the car alone or at home and like that real weird demonic thought comes in? And you're like, where 
in the world did that come from? Like, oh my, like, what would we do? But what, what if I did do that? Would I get caught? Would I get in that much trouble? Would I get fired? Well, if I got fired, <clears throat> I could get a new job and, you know, my girlfriend freaks out, find a new girl, and like I could. And what do you do? You don't take thoughts captive, you play with them. Instead of when the moment that weird thoughts come to your brain, you're like, nope, I will wrestle that thing down. You go, what if? Could I? I kind of deserve it. I don't think I would get into that much trouble. I don't know, it's really a sin. It's not in the Bible. So I, I, and what do you do? You play with it. And then before you know it, you've played with that thought for six months. And that thought has now built a stronghold around you because you didn't take that thought captive. In other translations, NLT, ESV, it's not the word captive. It's wrestle the thought down. How aggressive that is. It's like, <laughs> this is what we do. Can you, thought, can you please leave? I, Lord, I'm praying to never think that again. And God's like, wrestle it down. Wrestle that thought to the ground and submit it. It's an army turn. It's hand-to-hand combat. Wrestle that thought down and submit it. Make it captive. How do we demolish? We take those thoughts and we wrestle them to the ground. Now let me say this. Pause here for a bit. I wish I had an hour. Do not wrestle the thought down just to get it out of your mind. Wrestle the thought down and ask, where did you come from? Why would I think that? Why do I want that? That thought is so abusive, so anti-Jesus, so anti- but I want it. The way that you wrestle a thought down is you find out where it came from. Because hear me, I'm going to pastor for a moment. I'll go back to teaching. Let me pastor for a moment. Some of the worst strongholds you'll ever, ever find yourself in are strongholds of half-truths. As many of you in the room, the reason why you're in a stronghold, hear me, is because you pursued a good thing in the world's ways. Why do I use my body for so much attention? Every post, my body count, how I act, I get guys' looks. Like, why do I love using my body for my good? Well, it's because when I was younger, I was always told I'll never be like my sister. I would never amount to anything like my other siblings. So I figured I would use something in my disposal for my good. Where'd that come from? When I was younger, I had bad acne and I was never attractive. And I told myself, when I can, when I can control my own body and life, I will never look like this again. Where's that come from? When my dad never complimented me, he always said things about my other sisters and other brothers, and I always felt like if I don't get attention, I'll do whatever I can to get it. And then before you know, it's like, it's not that I love lust, it's I was looking for love the whole time. And I started pursuing a good thing in the world's ways. Why am I so angry and arrogant? Because my dad had nothing, and I told myself, I will not repeat being poor. And I always wanted to play sports. My dad said he could never pay for sports because we had no money. 
And I told myself when I was seven years old, I will make money the rest of my life and I'll never be without lack. And that turned into being the worst employee and arrogant and cocky and materialistic because you just wanted to be cared for. And you're like, I don't trust anyone else to ever care for me again. I'll do it myself. That's great. But it turned into isolation, arrogance, the strongholds that many of us build come from something we really need, a good thing that we really need. But you just started pursuing it in the world's ways. And so what does God do? He comes into our stronghold and says, let's take that thought captive. Let's wrestle that thought to the ground and ask it where it came from. Because what good is it to pluck the fruit off the tree but remain the same tree? You don't take thoughts captive by pulling the fruit off the tree. You go to the root. You find out where the seed is and uproot that seed. Because this is what's so good, is if you could find out where that thought came from and go uproot the 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 seed, where it came from, that thought not only loses its power, it loses its presence. Because now, now it, it can't hurt me from a healed place. It, I've healed that. So the next time the thought comes up about my sister, I've already healed that in my heart. So now that thought is for consideration, not for damage. Because I'm not just cutting fruit off the tree, hoping I change. I go to where that thought came from. And I what? I pray it away. I wrestle that mug to the ground. And I take it captive. And then what do I do? All right, I'll wrestle to the ground. Then what? I submit it to the truth. I submit it to the truth. Look at 2 Corinthians. I'm just teaching. I'm just breaking this thing down, word by word. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 10. We demolish these arguments and every pretension, every lie that would lift itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take it captive and every thought to make it obedient to me. No. I don't make it obedient to me. I'm not strong enough. I don't make it submit to my name. My name holds no power. I don't submit it to my words. My words hold no power. I take that thought and I submit it to Christ. And I submit it to the truth. Hear me. Our weapon is truth, not positivity. I'm not saying find the thought, tear it down, break it down, demolish it. Like, I'm better than that. My family loves me. All those things are good. I don't submit it to positivity. I submit it to truth. Because it's only truth that has the power to redeem it, not positivity. I'm praying for you. I don't need that. Quote scripture to me. I don't need, I believe in you. That's great. I need to know the truth. So positivity is great. Text your friends, like, I'm, I'm all for that. But I need more than that. I need The truth. 
Another quote from Screwtape, because it's so good. Screwtape says, it is funny how these mortals, hear this, so good. Picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Whenever, hear this, whenever they are attending to the enemy, God himself, we are defeated. But there are ways of preventing them from doing so. If I could hold your face, the simplest is to turn their gaze away from him toward themselves. You know how I'd get them? Get their, get their gaze off him and turn their gaze inward. Because whenever they fix their gaze on our enemy, we are defeated. But if we could pervert, if we could prevent and get their gaze inward, we're not trying to keep, we're not trying to put thoughts in. We're trying to keep, we're trying to get thoughts out. What do we do? We submit it to the truth. <clears throat> what does that sound like? It sounds like this. Just be real, <clears throat> real specific. I feel so dirty. I've made so many bad decisions. If anyone knew what college was like, if anyone knew what last month was like, if anyone knew what, I, I feel so unrighteous, I feel so dirty, I feel so unusable. And I'm gonna take this thought, the, the, God, the reality is I feel this way, but I know your truth says I am forgiven, I am redeemed, I am righteous, and I'm the apple of your eye. God, I feel like this addiction will never leave. My dad did it, my grandparents did it. It feels like I am bound from the day I was born to this addiction. I don't think I'm ever gonna break free. This is my future. This is how I feel. But the truth is, the new man has come. The old man has gone. And I've been redeemed and renewed in Jesus. The truth is, I feel so alone. I feel so abandoned. I feel like no one has ever cared for me. I feel like I'm fighting, fending for myself. I feel like I'm by myself. But the truth is, I am surrounded. I'm encamped about. He is on my side. He's before me. He's after me. And all I, <clears throat> and all I start doing <clears throat> is I take the thought. I wrestle that thought down. I submit it to the truth. And then before you know it, not hours in, weeks in, you feel the power to walk right out of a stronghold, of your imprisonment. And it's not going to happen today. But you can grab the first plank today. You can take the first step today. You got, you got to know this. I'm not perpetuating by any means. You leave this room and think about how bad you are. That will change you none. I am submitting that you fix your gaze on the one who has the anointing and the power and grace to bring freedom to the captive. What is a stronghold? A well-defended lie that makes you feel free while you're captive. It's time to break the cycle. How do I do that? I start renewing my mind. How do I renew my mind? I start thinking, taking thoughts captive and submitting them to the power of Jesus. And by the way, how do I do this? I wage war. You wage war. 
It's all gonna be like, oh yeah, I just, it kind of just like submitted. That stronghold's gonna fight. But you have to wage war. And before you know it, a few weeks and a few months, you're like, I'm demolishing it. It's losing its hold. It's losing its power. And now I can actually leave this strong. Name it. Confess it. Demolish it by taking every thought captive and submit it to the truth of Jesus. And you will destroy strong. I'm going to end with reading Romans 7, Romans 7 over you. I want you to hear this. <clears throat> so the trouble's not with me, not with the law, for, the, for it's spiritual and good. The trouble's with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. If these words click with anyone. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing it, not doing the wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. Next. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anyone else? But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. It's the sin living in me that does it. I discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Look at it. But I love God's law with all of my heart. Why? Because sin is dethroned, it's not destroyed. So I'm doing all these things, but I love God's word with all my heart. But there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Look at Romans 8 1. So now there is no condemnation. Man, I'm struggling. I do things I don't want to do. The things I want to do, I don't do. Who will free me from this life of sin? Good news for you, for there is no condemnation for all those that are in Christ Jesus. And you bring your stronghold to Him. And the one who has the power steps in and goes, I'm, I've been sent to free. Captives. Today's the day that we start breaking this stronghold down. Today's the day that we start breaking this cycle. And we're gonna take these thoughts and submit them to the truth of God. Do not listen to the lie of the enemy. You'll always be this way. You'll never change. This is who you are. It's a lie of the enemy. We, can we, we have weapons of warfare that can destroy strongholds. If our ministry has been a blessing to you at all, whether through the podcast, online, or through socials, would you consider partnering with us financially to help us continue blessing people and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus? If you'd like to do so, you can go online to rosechurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for partnering with us and helping us continue to do what God has put in our hearts here for you.